Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Kicking off the podcast with allergic reactions... Uh, and the reason we're having some allergic reactions, Jasmine Blaze. I, sh- I shook out a bunch of sweaters because I'm, <laughs> I'm packing for a, a four-day trip it's, to D.C. It's that time. It is. It's uh, fall everywhere else. It's fall every deep. It's 85 degrees here today. Yeah, heading <laughs> into the deep fall in everywhere else in the United States, and you're packing up to head out to the East Coast. Yeah, and now and I got puffy eyes and I went down there and nose. thought that... Uh, it was the cats because we got a couple new. If you if you've been following my Instagram page, you know that we got a couple new foster cats in the house. Monster That's and right. Skittles or Skittles and Snickers. They have multiple names. I'm not sure. Well, Monster was a a, a name he was gifted uh, after after being here for a couple days. Mm, <laughs> although he seems like the nicest one. He right? is actually. Yeah. He, he didn't earn the name well. So. Yeah, I like the the one that was on the Instagram page. Skittles. He looks Skittles. like a little tiger. Yeah, like, I kind of like. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess He's that got makes like sense. That, like cats. Bengal cat kind of um, pattern on his belly. But yeah, if we sound a little weird, it's not because of the, uh, allergic reaction. To it's, cats because you you dusted out some old cashmere I feel, sweaters. Downstairs. I feel horrible. You, you look tired. I'm not going to lie. My eyes feel like they're going to puff. They shut. look. They look like you, you're going to have to get to sleep. So we'll get. A, we're going to get Something's through this happening. open uh, late on a Sunday night. Sometimes we do these on Fridays or Saturdays. Sometimes even on Monday mornings. Uh, this happens to be late on a Sunday. I'm not Parents, a, I'm not a you good, know what's up. Yeah, I'm not a good Sunday night. I get it. Maker. Jasmine's got tea out. The kids just went to bed. One of them uh, kind of like whining, crying, uh, heading towards oh, the so bedtime. There's always that. Ingrown toenail, and now we've overshared. Well, At this point, talking yeah. about our allergies and the fact that one of our kids has an ingrown toenail, yeah. I think that we have overshared. Uh, but welcome to the podcast, starving for attention, uh, and we're getting into this one. This is uh, Jeremy Jacobitz, uh, founder of a. Uh, I was going to say website. How old am I? Just, but a. It would have. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah, of a website. Of an He's a blogger. Yeah. But that's a good segue to it because yeah. he is. Uh, a content creator, a social influencer. These are words I'm throwing out there almost in a yeah, comedic yeah. way. I don't necessarily think that he references himself as such, but like if you're a hip hop artist, sometimes people call you a rapper and that's kind of what um, uh, abstractly what, I, getting into I, I, Now this. I wonder what he does reference himself as. Though. I mean, I think he's right. a producer and I mean, I okay. think he has no problem with that. I think yeah. this comes up in the podcast content I'm trying creator. to remember what we chat yeah, about, but he's an artist, right? Yeah. So he's got this Instagram account called Brunch Boys, uh, and we're not going to spoil sort of uh, some of the origin stories and how he gets into, uh, you know, how he got into it. But he's a television producer that we can get yeah, into. But like, just go pull up his Instagram page and you, like I, will have your eyeballs pop out of your head when you realize that guy's got a half a million followers. I'm not as surprised. I mean, I've been following along Brunch Boys for a while, but I will have this uh, self-admission to our ex-publicist. This is our ex-publicist who right. actually came up in our uh, world this week. Right. Slid, slid in the DM. Old Meredith. Yeah. Yeah, Meredith Sidman sliding yeah. up in the DMs and calling <laughs> her out by name. She never listens to no. this podcast. And she also okay. doesn't slide up in the DMs. This was a proper email. Uh, but um, she had sort of like put Brunch Boys on the radar for uh, me. Years ago. Like years, two years like ago. At least like when the podcast first started. And I was like, I don't, you know, let me, let's see what's going on with the podcast. And then I just sort of fell in love with uh, Jeremy's uh, account over here yeah. for a number of reasons. One, not because of, um, you know, 
not not because it's so popular, but because the content is so good, the mm. video is so clear, mm. the audio is so crisp. Uh, <laughs> so it's the exact opposite of our podcast. Is that what you're saying? I'm glad that we're on the same page. I'm not ex- the exact uh, opposite. That sounds like we're taking a knock at our team. That uh, anything that's wrong on this podcast is the doing of yours truly, right, uh, yeah. Richard Blaze. Um, but it's beautiful stuff, and I think what. I love about Brunch Boys and and other accounts, some accounts that are like this, is like what is really the difference and what Jeremy stumbled upon is like there's no difference between a uh, a, a network television show or a cable television show or a YouTube channel or an Instagram account or a Facebook TV account or whatever it is um, in this day and age that everyone has the ability to be their own channel. Well, I mean, I'm looking at his page right now and like two-thirds of his stories are IGTV and like... You know, if you're a stock trader, like that would tell you to buy like IGTV. Like, if, oh, you know what I mean? Like, that, that, that's just that's the direction that we're going here. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, Instagram even has gone from like, okay, still video, you know, to maybe stories now to IGTV. This is how people are going out there. But what it, I love is this is his job. He created yeah, a, yeah. A, a, a not only just right. a job. I mean, honestly, it's like one of those jobs that makes you want to like kick your own self in the teeth kind of thing. Like, you know, like the kids that like open toys on YouTube and they're like bajillionaires. Like, why didn't I think of that? Like, that is genius. Like, mm. of course you want to watch a kid open up the new Woody Toy Story 4 like lunchbox toy. Yeah. Well, a lot of other influencers <laughs> like myself get into this question, uh, this, this sort of commentary as well as if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I like lunch. Why can't I start Lunch Girls yeah. or Lunch Gals instead of Brunch Boys? Like, sure. one, you can never feel like you're too late. You no. can't start Lunch Girls, though. You I can't personally. start Lunch yeah. Girls because, yeah, that I'm not make a, sense. a girl. But I guess what I'm saying is even like YouTube as an example, we don't have a YouTube channel. We should. And like, you know, I go through these moments where right now it's TikTok. It was Twitch, you know, at this time last year for me, probably like open these accounts and go for it. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you have something to say, if you have a, a, uh, a point of view with whatever your niche world is, now's the time to do it. This is a perfect example of it. Brunch Boys uh, and Jeremy Jacobitz, who sort of launched this amazing brand. And that's what it is. It's not yeah. a content creator, influencer. He launched his own brand and lives the life he wants to live by eating delicious brunch around yeah. New York City, amazing. which is uh, unbelievably amazing. Um, I will say this. You talked about uh, the unboxing sort of thing. Yeah. You have a little interesting thing over there. Yeah, I'm unboxing uh, this That you're unboxing this. This is a podcast sponsor right here for this episode, Feels. Yep, Jasmine Blaze, what do you got over there? I got all kinds of good stuff from Feels here. It's looking like some CBD oil Yeah. So f- that um, you put under your tongue. And just, you know, you take the, the, the dosage that you think you need for that day, which um, is, I think, amazing. You know what I love? That this is uh, CBD that can be uh, delivered to your doorstep. And like you said, it says it right there, right in front of you on the package, that it also has like a helpline and a hotline mm-hmm. that like if you got any questions, you can call them. So this is the, the age we live in right here, right? Absolutely. Um, where this is, um, you know, health and wellness. And I am going to hopefully and looking forward to continue to reap the benefits of feels because homeboys me i'm talking about me get stressed out sometimes Mm -hmm. like i'm looking at this um gig that i have coming up Uh, i have to do a thanksgiving day meal in 60 minutes on a television show uh that's kind of stress kind of stressful kind of stressful. i mean just judging i mean you know usually when you cook thanksgiving dinner it starts like two days beforehand that's so what I'm talking about. 60 minutes is, um, that's a tight, tight call. It is. So uh, one of those fun segments, but it's kind of like stunt food for me. So I think the feels is going to help me deal with some of that stress 
and also sleeplessness, which is something that I suffer from greatly. I know. I always always give you all kinds of things that you could take. See, <laughs> you do, will, let's, let's see if this one sticks. You are uh, my guru and my uh, uh, doctor in a lot of different ways. So I think this one uh, will stick uh, and feels as, uh, you know, listen, it's going to have me feeling better every day. I can help you too. You can become a member by going to feels.com slash starving and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's feels, F-E-A-L-S.com slash starving to become a member and get 50% off automatically off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com slash starving for 50% off. Yeah, look, it even tells you which ones to take for sleep. Well, that, that, which ones to take for calm focus. That's yeah. a big difference. Right? Amazing. Well, I'm going to do the sleep tonight and the calm focus uh, the next time around. I think that's where we're going to go to. We need it, that so. before we start up next time. Uh, yeah, well, you know, definitely. Uh, and uh, let's get into this. What do you think? Jeremy Jacobitz? Yeah. Brunch Boys, content creator extraordinaire. Um, influencer. He's got some thoughts. He's got some opinions. He's amazing. And here he is, Jeremy Jacobitz, Brunch Boys. This is Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. If you don't mind, we, we just, we just kind of jump, jump right in. Uh, yes, dude, thank you for it. taking your time on a Saturday. No, it's okay. It's right good, during yeah. food and wine festival, yeah. are you are you jamming for the weekend or is this just a normal course of? Uh, are you jamming every day? No, I am jamming every day. It's not doing as many events this year though. I'm trying to, you know, take a step. You're back. you're you're so successful now that you're <laughs> right. That you're, you're I'm you're, too old to do all the you're events. Taking is the some time. When I'm younger, you could run around to everything. Now I'm like, oh, man, I'm tired. I can't go to a thousand events. I'm going to be a little bit more picky. I mean, that is, um, as far as festivals go, one of the challenges of New York, right? Is that, or LA for that matter, or, you know, maybe not as much Sobe, but like, you know, you got to jump in a car, you got to go downtown, you got to walk three miles, something like that. Yeah, it takes a while. Uh, Let's get right into some of the hot topics. It's seasonal. It's fall. Um, Halloween candy. Mm Mm-hmm. Halloween candy. I don't see a lot of candy on the Brunch Boys. It makes sense. You don't I'm usually... not a big sweets person. Right. You can see that. You lean yeah. savory for sure. Yeah. But if you had to declare a Halloween candy as, as the iconic symbol mm. of, of traditional Halloween candies, it doesn't have to be a brand or it could be. Uh, yeah, well, like we're, there's we're... no way to get around it, but that's okay. I don't know if this is like <laughs> the most iconic, but the one that I would want to eat the most Give me like a Reese's peanut butter. Oh, cup. Okay, all right, oh. all right. Mainly because I feel like you said you're not a sweet person. Yeah. So like, there's a little salty peanut. Exactly. Peanut I like that mix. A good salty sweet mix is always okay. delicious. But, but like a dark chocolate Reese's. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're taking it to the as usual. <laughs> How about it like a gourmet level. version that somebody sells? Someone's even, doing. Uh, I was gonna. This was gonna come up later, actually. But someone's doing like a matcha. Mm. peanut butter cup or something oh yeah oh you sounded interested in it oh yeah Yeah. i love matcha i mean maybe that combo sounds a little weird but down down to try okay so you had matcha as far as trends you're like oh yeah i feel like it's a very polarizing really flavor do you i'm all into all japanese stuff so when i hear matcha i'm like yeah this is true i think i i did a quick i mean obviously i stalk you virtually just (laughs) just just not just you know not physically um but i did see that there there's a i mean you you've traveled a couple of times to japan i've only been once once, but it was so long right exactly seemed like you seemed like you lived there for a bit um and you're pretty obsessed with uh a lot of the trendy well i I feel like let's put it different the japanese Mm. create 
a lot of these trends that oh, we yeah. see all over the U.S. Yes. right now. Yeah, everything sort of starts there and migrates there we're here, here a little by Is little. it because, like, um, the Japanese are just so much cooler than we are? Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> it. <laughs> I feel like it is. Um, you know, it's like sort of like you, know, you, you have a, a, a television background, production background. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, all the great sitcoms for a long time were coming from the BBC or they were coming from the yeah. U.K. And I feel like that's a similar thing in the food world where all this all the cool food is coming from japan just the japanese like their mindset i think people that don't necessarily understand it or haven't been there or haven't looked into it all just sort of think about japanese food that you get like at a japanese restaurant or sushi or something but truly they master everything and i think it's just a cultural thing of like they're very scientific and very perfectionist about every single thing they do so whether it is sushi or pizza or the egg salad sandwiches that I got at the convenience store right. every single day. The which same litter, level. which litter the brunch boys page. Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> so now that's so that's like a very hip thing, especially in New York right now. Is everyone right. trying to do the egg salad sandwich? Because Combi brought it over to LA, right. which I immediately went to, um, and now a couple places in New York are doing it now. Like you know, everyone wants to do an article about it too. I can't find one that replicates Japan, and now, I don't is, blame. Is this, is this right? Do you feel like? Um, like that's a real thing, or are you sort of just like the romance of Japan has in, has not you can't you could never find you know how people uh, do that yeah, with so, pasta no, of right course, they of do course, it with, I, I I it's definitely walking into a convenience store and paying like a dollar for a sando is definitely different but I will say I, it's the bread mm. I, I mean, not been able to as find a, again just the as a novice bread. who's only been to the air, airports in Japan uh-huh. you could get a good sando there too don't worry about yes, that yes you can. Yeah. Um, so it's not just white bread. It's not just somewhat there's sweet. There's something they do. I mean, it certainly is just white bread, but there's something about the texture and, like, denseness to it that nobody in America can replicate. I don't know. It must be just an ingredient thing that's just really hard to bring over here, or we just don't know how they do it. Mm. But I've never found white bread here, no matter who's doing it. Some places have come close. You know what? I feel like, and I, I actually did an interview this morning, and I said this, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I said the same thing. Like, you really... I said something ridiculous like you can't really cook pasta until you've been to Rome. Like it was really, like when I when I was saying it, I realized how pretentious it sounded. But then you're talking about the bread, and I'm talking about the pasta. Like, is it the flour? Like, you know, is it the yeah. flour? Because that's what people say. Like, yeah. oh, well, I'll, it's the, the flour is different in Italy, which it is. And mm-hmm. if we're talking about bread, perhaps yeah. there's some sort of something. The water, the Japanese water, that that must be. It's like that, the New York that's bagels. What it is. But I also love how you said it's a. Um, like it's it comes from a precision and like a mm, yes. like an expertise, like a, a drive to be the best in whatever that. Yeah, it doesn't matter what thing what is. in Japan it doesn't matter what level of type of place you go to. The same thought and effort and love was put into it, which I really appreciate across the board. I did meals there that we did very expensive omakases. We did sandos every single day that were a dollar and you could tell that the same thought was put into it, no matter what it was which i really appreciate no one in japan is anyone in, no one's uh like sitting around a table in a kitchen they're like we need something that's just gonna get mad likes yo <laughs> no yeah. none of the restaurants even have instagrams right. or geotags they certainly aren't thinking about that okay but they're uh, literally just like i mean again it's all these things too that like they've been doing egg salad sandwiches forever there that's right. not like a new trend for japan it just like all of us going there and loving it and bringing it back here. Now, you know, like, uh, you know, one of our listeners, uh, Mary in Kansas, I'm sure is just like, this is an egg salad sandwich. Like, what, <laughs> what is the big, you chop up some eggs, you mix some mayonnaise. I just saw it on, on, yeah. on Brunch Boys. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, uh, 
What is the, I mean, uh, the bread is different. Okay. So, the, yeah, the egg salad itself differs between what convenience store you go to. So, I don't know if there's one consistent thing. So, I mean, like, because Combi was the first one to do it in America, mm-hmm. at least that I know of, they brought over the idea of putting the medium boil egg in between the sandwich also, which to me screams Japanese egg salad sanzo, even though at this right now, none of the convenience stores there are really doing that. They, mm. I think Lawson's was, and they switched their sandwich around. That certainly makes it to me. But yeah, it just it's like the delicateness of it. It's the beauty of it, the simplicity of it. It's and it's that bread and it's that density and squishiness of it. So it's not the it's not the overcooked uh, hard boiled eggs that my mom <laughs> no. would make. That, <laughs> no. that, that, that's the difference. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, pardon my sidetracked here, but I wanted to take a moment to declare my love for the deep and rich culture of the American deli counter, a cornerstone of Western culinary tradition that I think uh, goes underutilized. Every foodie knows that if you want a taste of something incredible, look no further than your local deli. And of course, the crown jewel of the deli is the uncompromising quality. Jasmine of? Boar's Head. Boar's Head, the keeper of this culture for over 100 years. I really want Boar's Head. Hit me up with the Boar's Head mascot. I just want the helmet. I will wear it for Halloween. For Halloween, yeah, nice. I'll wear it for Halloween. Just take a ticket and your uh, counter concierge can help you find fresh, flavorful delicacies customized just the way you like it. Thick cut slices of oven gold roast turkey for a tender home-style turkey dinner. Ichiban, teriyaki, chicken slices to top off the perfect ramen bowl. So much to enjoy. If you're looking to expand your culinary horizon, the deli counter awaits. See for yourself. You'll find a warm smile and a slice of something fabulous. Boar's head, compromise elsewhere. Boar's head, seriously, hit me up with that logo helmet, please. So if, you, if, if Brunch Boys was, was a superhero, uh-huh. brunch, brunch, brunch Boy is a uh-huh. superhero, uh-huh. what is the origin story of Brunch Boy, of Brunch Boys? Uh, okay. The, 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 yeah. you know, I, I know there's a lot into it, but yes. like the, you know, the Spider-Man radioactive egg sando bite that flips it all. Yeah, I mean, well, we could we could fly through the beginning, so to yeah. get to the, to what it really is. So I was born in New York. I lived in New York my entire life. Born in Brooklyn, grew up in Westchester. Went to NYU. I was in sports TV for a while. Studied sports management, sports TV, uh, working at SNY, the Mets network here, WCBS, WWE, all that stuff. Always had a passion for food. I always say like. I learned how to cook when I was little because I was hungry. Right. <laughs> like my parents both worked. And if I was hungry, like I couldn't wait for them to get home. I needed to like learn how to cook so I yes. could feed myself. Um, so I was always passionate about food, but never really thought about doing it in any professional capacity. Um, but I was working in food and did the whole sports thing. I was like, oh, let me just, I don't know if I want to do sports TV anymore. What else is there in TV I can do? And in New York, they do a lot of reality and a lot of reality in New York is food. And the first show that I got hired on to be a full run of just being a PA uh, was Worst Cooks in America, season three. And uh, Bobby Flay and Amberell were the hosts of that season. And I met Bobby, and he was like, I have my own production company. Why don't you be my talent PA? Which right. is just like his assistant on set. And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Sounds, and right. like as a PA in TV, like your job is mainly, especially if you're a guy PA is like driving trucks and taking out the garbage and like just lifting things. So it's, when Bobby's like, be my PA, I was like, yeah, that sounds a million times better than anything I'm doing. Yeah. Right you're now. not like probably making an airport run to pick up like some competing chef on a show. Like right. It's, it's yeah. more intense than that. Yes. Um, so it's great. And then being with him, it's just like you're ingrained now in the food world and especially in the food TV world. So I was with him for a few years traveling all over with him. And I was like, Oh, why didn't I ever think about this? I love TV. I love food. I watch food network all the time. Let me do this. So then I was producing food shows, food competition, uh, cooking shows, 
Fu travel shows. Yeah. The um, show. Do you know where we first met? No. What? what? No. See, I was waiting for this. Okay. All right. I've does does this ring a bell? Yes. Get ready to cook your ass off. Yes. I do remember this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be very quick. Yeah, I was a post producer on that show. Okay. So we're going to be for two seconds. So it's fine. We're going to be. But yeah. yes, that was one of the many, many shows I worked on was your show. Unbelievable. <laughs> now, no one ever has heard of that show. Besides, I maybe can't the, even you know. explain to people what network it was on anymore because it was only on like a Sunday night block of programming. Yeah. I can't even remember. Um, surprisingly, I can. I can okay. tell you <laughs> a lot about this. So this uh, we probably have brought it up on the podcast, but this is a show that I, I hosted. This is the first show I ever hosted, mm-hmm. and I was horrible. I mean, just to be clear, like it was the first. I've gotten much better. Just <laughs> I know you had to look at my face way too much if you were in post. Um, but it was like a health and wellness sort of driven food competition show, which would be perfect now. Yeah. And you know, and I'm not saying it was ahead of its time. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying from the creative point of view, but it would be really, really good now. And it was on HLN. Which is a news network. Right, HLN. At 4 p.m. on Sundays across all time zones. So it basically was going up against like the NFL. (laughs) It was going up against the NFL late games on Sundays on a news network. And uh, I remember it replaced like some crime drama on the network. And people were just so mad. Like everyone's mom was just so mad that they were not watching this reenactment of, of a crime. My show. memory was so what they so they they changed they changed like the name of the network changed during that block to something I forget what it That's was. That's right, it did. Which I, I don't I, I don't I, even I don't remember either. But yeah. now I remember I knew the writing was on the wall. What did we like twelve episodes maybe? Right. Run? Yeah. No. It was, yeah. And I think it got through a few weeks, and then like the next Sunday they aired all six in a row, and it's like. Oh, yeah, here cool. we go. That's not a good sign. At least they aired it. Listen, I mean, you know, I mean, you've obviously uh, hanging out with Bobby Flay and, you know, with, with superstars. I have another show that has never aired yet. Uh, that is like a whole, a whole season that's just never even. Like, oh, man. I mean, people spent, you know, millions of dollars on producing the show. Yeah. And it has yet to even air, and it probably will just be on. It'll be on a flight to Japan. You'll hey, be looking I want for the, that. And uh, that is where it'll show up. I think that's where all these shows, and you're like, when you're on a plane and you're like, yeah. I've never heard That's of That's a great show. audience. There's nothing else for them to do. They're really tuned in. Where if they're watching on TV, they're not tuned in this at all. This is true. Especially when you're like me and, and you, like you travel enough and you've seen all of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that is too much. So cook your, yeah, cook your ass cook off. Your ass I remember off. my kids were so young that I, I, I had to tell them that the name of the show was Cook Your Bum Off. <laughs> That's what I, that was what I said. Um, sorry, I got sidetracked. Yeah. Anyway. No, so it was a big <laughs> throwback. Okay. Yeah. So, so these are the things you were doing. So yes, yeah. doing all that stuff. And I started Brunch Boys. Five and a half years ago, in TV, I was just gig to gig, show to show, and I always had time between gigs. And I was just like, I'm bored. I make some brunch videos. There's no thought to even an Instagram account. There's no thought to making this my full time job. Like that wasn't a thing that existed in the world. Right. I was literally just like, mm, I make some videos, and I made a couple of videos, and went back to work, and pretty much forgot about it. But I started the Instagram account just because I was like, oh, I picked the same brunch boys, and let me own it everywhere. Um, but because I was on the road in all these restaurants all the time, I had content to post. So it's posting, 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 still not thinking anything about it, but the account then just took off by accident. It wasn't anything I thought out. It wasn't anything if I tried. I would say if I tried, I would have failed. It was all very organic. Right. Um, and the account grew and grew and I got really busy with it. And I was like, oh, I'll take a few months off and just play with it. This is a year and a half into it because it was bubbling and there are a lot of these opportunities. And in TV, you really couldn't have a side thing if you're on a show you're on set for 18 20 hours right. working non-stop but i could have time off doing gigs so i was gonna i'll take a few months off play with it not making money just you know whatever and go back to work 
but it concentrated on it and it just the account exploded. And I was like, okay, like I could do what I love about TV, which is telling these stories and being in restaurants and being of chefs and being around food, which I truly, truly love. I could do all of that, but without the downsides of being in TV. And there are a lot of hardships in being in TV, just the yeah. hours the physical, the physical and mental and all this stuff is really difficult. And it was getting harder and harder and harder. Um, so yeah, I, and also, I didn't make that much money in TV, so I pretty much immediately started making more money on Instagram than I did ever in TV. Which is ins- like insane. I mean, yeah. especially like you're, this is what four, five, six this years is, ago. Yeah, so right? it's been full time for just about four years now. That's that's incredible. Yeah, uh, Jasmine, listen, yeah. Uh, I noticed that you have over there cooking today this amazing meal uh, of the uh, Indian. What did you make over there? It's kind of like a tikka masala. The tikka masala. Yeah. Uh, now, tikka masala is an interesting recipe because it's uh, chicken, and and this recipe that you made was marinated in yogurt. That it was, which could be a disaster. Could be for pots and pans. Yes, uh, but not when you're cooking with the Anilon Advanced Cookware. Nope. Uh, the <laughs> Advanced Home Cookware. Uh, it combines performance with convenience for the ultimate weeknight, or even like this one, a, a week. Uh, a Sunday night dinner. Uh, the new benefits, the Infinity Slide nonstick system, which has got that uh, tikka masala pouring right out of the pan over there. I'm going to also probably cook some bacon on it in the morning. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I heard. I heard you're making BLTs. I'm making BLTs, but without the tea for one of our kids because she's not a big tomato fan. Well, I don't fan. think we have a tea for either, to oh. be honest. There's no tomatoes oh. over there. What did so. you do? You, you used all the tomatoes in they the tikka masala? They went in the tikka masala. Oh, my gosh. The tomatoes. Well, we're going to... I'm. We're going to have to figure it out. I'll find some tea somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. It'll happen. Uh, but the tikka masala, the uh, BLT without the tea happening tomorrow, all on our Anilon Advanced Home Cookware. Uh, and there are special deals to celebrate the launch, like $50 off of their 11-piece set. You can shop in-store and online at national retailers like Bed Bath & Beyond and Macy's or visit Anilon.com for more information. Family Blaze is cooking on the Anilon. You need to, too. That's $50 off an 11-piece set. You can go to Bed Bath & Beyond or Macy's or visit Anilon.com for more information. What is the – if you had to, like – if someone's trying to do this now, because I think one of these things, like um, like you got into it early enough. You're, the pion- you're one of the pioneers, yeah. right? Now there's so many copycats. Now there's so many people doing it. Um, like what is – like your advice you just said there, like if you tried, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Right, yeah. but but how do you stumble upon? Then is it just is it just passion? Like you, is it yeah. just passion? Like I mean, I, I think I, it's I, a lot. Of, I think it's a lot of things. I mean, listen, certainly there's luck in that I started early. There is that, but I think it's always yes. If it comes to a place of passion, but you weren't like I got to get first to market. It wasn't an intentional yeah, no. thing like that. But right. it, it, yeah, it started as it's. I think when you're passionate about something and you're able to show that passion, uh, it, it comes across. You can be passionate about it, but especially on a space like Instagram, which is all visual if you can't really express that in any way whether it's maybe you're not good at photography maybe you're not good videography or maybe you're just not good on camera and you can't express it it's hard i was lucky that i had this passion i had a background on tv to do that which has always helped me even though i always say like before instagram i never took a photo like as a producer i just told other people what to do i was never technical with anything at all but at least i knew what i wanted so once i was running my instagram all the time i just had to physically teach myself how to use a camera and edit but at least i had the idea of what it should be which is really helpful right but you had a passion for photography obviously your background in film and and production i I wouldn't even say photography just because i didn't take photos like i had a passion for making tv right and like creating these stories but i was on the just like creative side rather than the technical side and now Having Instagram, having all that sort of like un- opens up the door for my passion for photography and actual videography and all that other stuff. When was, um, do you remember a specific 
dish or a post or like where, where things when it when it sort of tipped when it went when it started going viral um i remember the first post it got a thousand likes uh it, nice. was like a, it was like a giant stack of pancakes it was funny it was a stack of pancakes i did a thing oh god it was another t- i don't even remember what tv show this was emerald was hosting some tv show like his first show back after all these years isn't on. that amazing though like when you're emerald he's like it was something that emerald it was one of the 29 <laughs> books it was one I of the right. it was on like tnt yes okay this uh, okay. I, 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 we should do an episode where we just talk about shows really people haven't watched and didn't make it my whole career <laughs> Uh, and I don't know the name of the show, and, and, and I respect. I love Emerald. I'm going to hang out with him in two weeks. But um, I, it was uh, like there was like a brand element to it, wasn't? It? Like the com- people competed yes. to like get their dish on a menu, yes. at like an Applebee's or something. Like yes, that. That, okay. that. Yes, that's, that's right. So to do the big publicity stunt for the launch of it, they were going to make the biggest stack of pancakes in the world to set the Guinness record or something. It's for the, it's for Good Morning America. So the PR behind the show reached out to me. To be like, do you want to help make pancakes for this thing? Like, they brought a bunch of people into Times Square. Like, everyone make pancakes for an hour, and then we're going to stack them up, or whatever it was. Um, so I took a photo of just of my pancakes, <laughs> which is probably, like, 20 stack or something. Right. And that was the first photo to get 1,000 likes. Mm. Of course, a giant stack of pancakes. Right. Like, that makes but you sense. know what's really crazy about that is, again, as someone who follows you, I, and the thing that I really love about Brunch Boys is nothing seems like it's over the top for the sake of being over the top. Yeah. So it's really... I'm curious that that was the first thing that like really seemed to work was like an over the top. Maybe, but even that is so tame compared to what over the top stuff. And I'm very cognizant of it because I always say like, I just want it to be good. I just want to be excited about it. And sometimes it is stuff that's over the top and wild and crazy, but I make an effort not to just post that because I think like one, it's a never ending game that I can't win because if your account is only going to be set up of what's viral, there's what are you going to do? There's a peak. If you're right. just doing what's delicious and good, there's a never-ending, especially in New York City, of new dishes and new okay. things. Okay, I was so, going to say that. Do you think? Do you think in part a lot of that is because you're a New Yorker? As far as just that, you know, New York is so concentrated on it's got to be good. Yeah, like, that, like a New Yorker's not going to fall for the shell game of oh, but it's nuclear pink. Yes, I, and that's I, why this is great. I think more so just like one of the reasons going back to why why my account grew was people in New York really love food and they love restaurant food. And on the flip side of it, the restaurants in New York City understood the Instagram game way before any other city in, in the world, really, where they were like, oh, all we have to do is throw Jeremy a plate of pancakes and then we get like thousands and thousands and thousands of eyeballs on our dish. Mm. Great. That works. Yeah. Comp. Where like even other cities, even cities that go to now, like restaurants still sort of weird about it. And my approach, my approach to what I post, I approach everything I do like it's a TV shoot that I did for a Food Network show, especially because I'm video focused anyway. So PR would pitch me or I reach out. I'm like, hey, I want to come in. Need to be in the kitchen. Going to do this. Going to do that. I try and come in when they're closed or really, really slow. It just makes my life easier. The same way I would produce a TV show. So when people are like, oh, you get like free food. I'm like, well, yeah, but like if I was producing a show, like they're not going to charge us. Like it's just a prop for this thing I'm doing for them. Right. Um, I, I really, at the beginning I did a lot of like 
cop meals. Like, oh, is hey, that like that people friend. think it's like just a scam that you get to eat? Like you just right, yeah. Never eat all this delicious food. I get all these DMs too, be like, "Oh, I'd love to come with you to eat sometime." I'm like, "Well, yeah, but like you realize, like I sit there and manipulate the food when it's out and make it look extra beautiful and take a thousand photos and take all these videos and taste it. Like by the time I'm like actually sitting and tasting the food, we're an hour. It's been sitting out for an hour. Sure, it's not like a fun dining experience necessarily. It's me getting my content, which is that's why I'm there. It's very much job. It's a great job and it's really fun. I get to taste the best food and be around the best chefs and travel the world. But I very much view it as that and not just like a, oh, whatever, here's some food. I'll close my eyes, take some photo or, you know, whatever. Um, do, you, do you worry that um, because of your back, like your, your page, like the balance of it is perfect. Like, can it be too polished? Like, can because it's Instagram? Probably not, I guess, if I'm... If I'm you know, it's funny you say that. It's been... Instagram, like, trends have gone back and forth. I think at, at the beginning, nothing was polished because nobody thought about it. And then it became very polished maybe a few years ago of, like, that was the trend. Like, everything very beautiful, very unique. And I always said, like, I always want to stand out as much as possible. And I think, like, the more unique you create your photos and videos, the more you're going to stand out. That was always you know, my goal. Um, what's trending really hard now is just very, very personality based. Right. And almost going back to more, a little more raw. Um, where like I, I had a meeting with Instagram a few weeks ago and they're like, yeah, the more unpolished things look, the better it does. Yeah. It bothers me. No, this is just me now. Yeah. You, Cause this is me getting consultation uh-huh. from you. Cause you have this thing figured out is there is a part like, not that my stuff has really ever been incredibly polished, uh-huh. but it's almost like the, the, the worst lighting, the worst angle, mm-hmm. the most raw. Yep. That seems to be the stuff that, that even on my own account gets the most traction. Yeah. And so it's a thing I haven't gone totally back to it. Like all my videos are shot on my giant Canon 5D Mark IV, my photos too. Well, the good thing is you've always had, like you've, you, it's always been, you know, yeah. I mean, that's great, certainly like, great at least, I mean, they did say too, like whatever you're known for sort of stick to, but I think like my approach to what it's been is okay. Maybe it looks higher quality, but it feels raw. Um, I think a great, I, I always give the example of Bon Appetit. Like if you watch their videos, they feel very raw because like you see behind the scenes and you see things messed up and like it, none of n- the way they shoot that show, you would never put on a TV show, but they're shooting it with a hundred thousand dollar cameras. Like right. they have big toys, yes. but they make it feel raw. And I think that's a nice balance I've been trying to have. Like, mm, okay, I love like, that. Like bring you in a little bit, but still keep the quality right. higher. Like the machinery can be high tech, but yeah. the, the, the artistic, the way you're shooting. Yeah, exactly. Um, can be a little bit more raw. Um, what about metrics? Are you like, a? I mean, you, you obviously have probably some deep analytics. Uh, I mean, how, how, how money ball are you with, uh, yeah, because you're a sports guy. I can say those things. <laughs> um, you know, what's funny is I think a, a huge reason why I grew really quickly and really fast at the beginning was that I kind of figured it all out in my brain before we were given any data. Like when I decided to take a break from TV, I'd had Instagram for, I had brunch boys for a year and a half and I right. never thought about anything because I didn't have any time to. And I, at the time I was like, who cares? When I was like, okay, when I can do this for three months, I got to figure stuff out. And I kind of just put things together of timing and when to post and how many posts and when to post. Where. Like it was just all things I sort of figured out by looking at my account, looking at everyone else's account. Just by likes. Yeah. Just by likes comments. and posts and just studying other people's accounts. And yeah, just seeing the overall engagement. And because I didn't kind of like game the system truly. And I was able to just pop off. Um, now we're giving a lot of data and the data sort of just backed up what I knew. Um, it's hard. It's all over the place. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see, but 
I don't know if there's really huge trends. I see trends in just the type of content. Like I've been doing a lot of IGTV. One, because I get to tell longer stories and I really enjoy it. But two, I see that it does, I see that it does better than a photo would do on my posts. So I do that. Timing too. Timing though is broken down more because I'm so video focused. If you look at the data that Instagram gives me about my audience, they'll tell me that the most active time is noon on a Tuesday or something. But I have to take into account my videos are four to five minutes long. Okay, maybe they're popping onto Instagram at noon, but they're at work. They're not going to sit and watch a five-minute video. I need to get them when they're home. Mm. So, okay, maybe 8 p.m., which is what I do most days, is better because they're home. They're definitely home. They're, you know, done eating dinner or whatever. Okay, they could sit for a few minutes and watch my video. Um, But I don't know. I look at it. I I used to be much more crazy about it, um, but I was also used to be given much more data, like when – they had when Facebook had their scandal, they pulled all the third party data from all those other apps, right? Which gave me a lot more data than Instagram does. Mm. So since then, I'm like, oh, I can only, you know, it was making me crazy anyway. So it's probably better for my mental health. All right, here we go. It is heating up. Everyone knows you go over to www.podcastonesportsnet.com to see the trash talk happening with all of the Podcast One uh, podcast hosts and co-hosts and participants. Each week, we're throwing down five picks in the NFL season. Uh, And if we get them right, we're dishing out $500 rewards to uh, the winning show to five listeners each week. That's $5,000 season long in a charity contest. Uh, and listen, I don't know how I'm doing. I'll be honest, uh, <laughs> but I'm following the NFL. I got fantasy teams rolling. I'm, I'm, I'm placing some wagers on these games. You can go over to Twitter on hashtag Sportsnet Challenge, and I'm going to do it a little different. I'm going to just take the five biggest games this week, Jasmine, yeah. and look right here. Uh, this week, uh, here comes the pickums: Philly at Buffalo. I'm going to take Buffalo. Buffalo is a hot team right now. I don't even know what these lines are. It's Sunday night right now. Uh, Oakland at Houston. I'm going to take Houston. The Chargers are just having a rough time running the ball. They're heading to Chicago, who just had a big loss. Chicago's going to bounce back. I'm taking the Bears. Green Bay going to Kansas City. That's a big game. I'm going to take the Packers on the road. Uh, Patrick Mahomes might not be in the game. He's banged up. Uh, And Cleveland heading to New England. Man, even as a Jets fan, I can't bet against Tom Brady. Julian Edelman, and, of course, the GOAT, Bill Belichick. I'm going to take New England. Those are my bets. Also, uh, Jasmine, you might like this. We're not picking the game, but Auburn at LSU this week. Yeah. This could be one of those games where Auburn wins this game and yeah, throws and the whole throws thing. throws everything into the, into the air. Into yeah. dismay. And Notre Dame at Michigan. Um, I mean, you don't really Alabama's care about either of those teams, out do you? Too. I know. He's got another, like, uh, it, um, going on. Uh, another ankle injury. I was hurting. Yeah. He's like, two has got uh, the same surgery that he had on the other ankle. Bird ankles. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> just, that's really kind of amazing, though. And uh, I know you're not a Yankees fan because you're a Red Sox fan, but the Yankees are not in the World Series. How do you feel about that? Houston and Washington. Yeah, thank goodness. Heading into the World Series. Strohs. We're not- yeah, or they're, maybe, they're, I don't know, I'm going to Washington, maybe Nats. Nats, I don't yeah, know. Oh, they're going to be going crazy up there. But those are our five picks for the NFL. That's week eight. You can go to betonline.ag, and don't forget the promo code PODCAST1. That's 50% up, uh, 50% off on your sign-up bonus, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Um, what, what's, what's the trend right now with frequency of posting? Again, this is me asking you as a consultant here, which you didn't yeah. realize this is going to be a, a so, free session. It's totally, this is whatever. <laughs> it, it's hard to. So again, going back to conversations I've had with Instagram, they will say post multiple times a day. Their theory being, their approach is always, the way the algorithm works on the most basic levels. If people like you, you're always going to pop up to the top. So when people want to complain about the algorithm, 
I'm like, the algorithm works. I just like saying the word algorithm, <laughs> by the way. It's, like, it also, it's a really great excuse that's like really mysterious for everyone. Right, it is. But it, it's also, I, I always say, I'm like, when you go onto Instagram, the first thing you see is something you want to see. It's never, you're never like, oh, what is this? It's always a close friend or someone you interact with enough or someone like some event because it's trending or, you know, whatever it is. The algorithm works. It's just your content, not necessarily working. So Instagram would say, well, okay, if someone is really passionate about Brunch Boys, every time you post, it's going to go to the top of their thing anyway. Right. And guess what? Like people, they said their numbers on average, people open up Instagram like 30 times a day. Mm. So if they're opening up 30 times a day and you post four times a day, they're going to see it. And their theory is the more you post, the more you end up on the explore page or more potential to end up on the explore page and up on the explore page lets you grow. So if you post four or five times a day, you could grow faster and your engagement will not change because it's always going to be those people seen at the top. I don't do that. Um, one, it just like, because I'm food focused, like how much food could, right. like, could I really yeah. be shooting, filming and eating? And two, because and like, your stuff I, is so legit now. Again, it's shot. Yeah, I mean that's the thing too. Like I, I like can't just film. go into a restaurant, take it on my camera, and post it. It just is not what I do, especially with the videos. The videos, like I said, are most part now four to five minutes long. Yeah, I could turn around a video in a day if I really wanted to, but usually it take a few days to a few weeks. So it's like I, I don't have the manpower to pump out four posts a day. So I post four to five times a week, maybe six times a week. I honestly Which is still should, a lot I for the type should, of stuff that you're I should you're post doing. more, but I'm just like, I'm at max. I do this all myself. I'm at max capacity. So not to stress you out, but mm-hmm. how, many, how many videos, how much content do you have to have ready to go in the bullpen before, so that you're not stressed out? Like, we're sitting here on a Saturday. Yeah. I'm assuming you got the next couple of days are already figured out. Yeah, I got ahead this week just because I knew this week I'm going to be a little, little bit nuts. Mostly... I try and get up new videos Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Just find those are my highest performing nights. And those other Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just like whatever photos I feel like. So I try and be at least nicely prepared for the week where like videos are either done or close enough where I know it just takes a few minutes to fine tune. Um, Unfortunately, that means I work seven days a week. But working seven days a week makes each one of those days much less stressful. So that's... Whether it's a good or bad lesson, that's a lesson. And how many people are on your team now producing these? <laughs> me. Really? Well, I mean, someone's shooting though. Because you're me. who's shooting? Who's shooting when you're? There's got to be someone holding the camera every once in a while. And nope. This thing. No. Uh, I that's put the insane. camera on the tripod, and I can control wow. my camera by my phone, and I do it myself. Now, is this because you you're like you you're uh, you're a control freak, or is this because you just know this no, is the way you like to just, do it? Or I mean, I tried. I actually spent all summer trying to hire someone. It's just a really hard cross section of whenever I was doing these interviews and looking for people. I was like, I need a second me. Right. And in the media world, if you're going to hire someone to shoot, produce, edit do all the other little things and do all that stuff. Like it's a lot of money you need to spend. So there's a very small cross section of like the person I could afford and the skills that they could bring. Mm. And just kept meeting people where I was like, okay, they could kind of do this and they'd be good at that. And okay, I could see that. But then like judging against the money I'd pay them. I'm just like, I can't afford that. Like it sucks because I would love to have someone, but it just like for what I really need, it just, it just couldn't. So I was like, I could do this all myself. I'll keep going. I went through three rounds of interviews. It, it's really hard to the find one man band. Yeah. So it's just me. Like sometimes someone's helped me just take a photo of me. Great. But everything else I've pretty much managed to just do on my own. And a couple of pivots, uh, or it seems like the direction that you're going, you're, you're in front of the camera much more yeah. than you were a year ago. Even yeah. 
I read somewhere where you had a great quote of like, well, that's something no one can replicate because it's your face and your personality. And like, I think that's amazing yeah. to hear in a, in a culture where people get so mad at people for taking a selfie. Uh-huh. Like, I don't care. I mean, so, I mean, I know selfies are different. <laughs> like you're, you know, you're saying something and you're, you have content, but like, that's what it is all like, like, of course you want, you should be in front of the camera. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things to it. I think one, uh, it was definitely strategic of like that quote I said, which I say all the time, which is someone else could start another brunch account and they could be amazing at taking videos and can do all that. And they could copy me exactly. Except for my personality. Right. And truly the value of my accounts and the way I get paid is through my thoughts and my personality and what I have to say about what I'm selling. So uh, from the beginning, it's been slowly more and more and more and more just also because I've just I've gotten better on camera, I've become more comfortable on camera. I enjoy being on camera. Um, but when I first started making money f- four years ago, I realized very quickly, I'm like, OK, I'm this brunch account. Who can pay me if all I'm doing is posting photos of pancakes? Right. It's a very small subsection of just because I'm a chart board pancake board. Sure. Yeah. yeah except <laughs> or like I, I hop and I work to buy. I hop and they're great or whatever. Yeah, nice. But it's still like, okay, that's just like this small section of food people that can pay me. And like that, I can't sell that. Like I got to be able to sell everything if I want this to be my career, my whatever. So it was very quickly, if it's me and the pancakes, then I can sell anything. Hmm. Um, and I've done, like I always say, like my first, the first ad I ever sold was with Bumble. They were launching Bumble BFF and the ad was, if you're looking, find your brunch friends on Bumble BFF or whatever. Right. And I'm like, yes, exactly. That's the perfect example of I could do anything. The Japanese stuff too. The Japanese trip was all sponsored on upon airways sent me out there and they were just like, we want people to be excited to go to Japan go make videos about being excited to go to Japan. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, nice. Sure. Great. Oh, that's the budget. Yeah. I'll yeah. make sure people are excited. Don't yeah. worry. I'm, I'm going to live there for six months <laughs> and I'm going to have many Sandos. Yes, exactly. Uh, the other thing that I've, I've noticed is you getting in the kitchens now. Yeah. A lot more. And of, of course you got a food background. You're hanging around with chefs. You, you cook really, really well, but like there's this sort of, I mean, not fish out of water cause you know what you're doing. Yeah. But like sort that's of. a new that's a yeah new I mean that's honestly like all of my video ideas are just like I'm bored what else can I do and like I and I wake up and I'm like oh I have the freedom to do whatever the hell I want to so yeah when someone when I'm like inspired to go because I'm great let's go do it those shoots probably do take an extra person and I will sometimes I hire people for the day to help me right um, so those type of shoots I do and I like I shot one a few weeks ago where I was making cookies and I didn't have anyone I'm like. Ah, damn it. It's it just, mm. when you have more than one person on camera, it's really hard to do it. It's hard enough when it's just me on camera to make sure everything is running well. It's really hard when you have two people on camera to make sure everything's good. Cause I also need to like speak to someone and like interact with them and think about this conversation we're having. So that's good. Meanwhile, praying that the audio is going cause no one's ever listened to audio praying that the camera's rolling. Cause I can't look at the right, camera right, either. Right. It's, it's, it's really hard. I, maybe I should rethink this uh, whole hiring someone. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's just like, oh, this seems cool. Let me do this. Or this story would work out better for what I, what I want to do with this. But what is your strategy of getting in the kitchen, like, you know, showing how the sausage is made instead of just, you know. I don't know if it's a eating. strategy. It, I, it just is when I'm inspired to do something. And, I love them, uh, by the way. I'm, oh, I, I, I love the ones when you're in the kitchen. There was the, you did a recent one with like paella, I, th- I feel like. Recently. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it was, you were saying, uh, yeah, like obviously there's flames and you're saying how hot it is, but like I felt the oh. heat through the, like I was like, what are these guys doing? It's like I a wood burning paella. It couldn't even be closer. It's the paella at uh, uh, Hudson uh, Mercado. Hudson, yeah. yeah, and Hudson Yards, Mercado, Spain. 
it, yeah, like I, I, I wanted to actually interact more in that video, but I'm like, I can't even stand yeah. here. Yeah, which was great though, because that, that is the sort of like fish out of water. Like, wow, yeah, you know, I think sometimes like you know, you you are watching a Food Network show, or whatever, and you're like, we forget the simple things that like knives are sharp and uh-huh. stoves are hot. And, <laughs> yeah, I went uh, through a lot of that. Yeah, let's get a real person. There. There's like a um, like a dirtiest jobs sort of element. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that would be fun, and like I have bigger ideas too that either I want to try and do myself hiring someone at least for the project or maybe pitching like I, I people ask a lot about like TV show stuff and to me like I made a lot of TV shows I worked mm. on a lot of TV shows I don't know if I'd really want to host a TV show just knowing the work that goes into it and knowing my audience right my audience doesn't have cable they watch Instagram that's right. why that's why they follow me truly um, where I like doing digital stuff I've been able to uh, getting back to why I've been putting myself more on camera too I'd say half my deals now are stuff that I'm paid to host and then post about it. Right. Where they'll bring me in, we'll produce a whole thing around me, and then they have their content with French Boys as their spokesperson, and then I get that content to post also. So I'm pretty much I'm paid double, or not double, but I'm paid like as a day, uh, like to host it that day and then paid to post, right. which means more money. So I'm like, oh, easier from better. This is Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Do you do um, paid consultation? Because maybe we can do like something offline here. I think we got to figure out something. Some, I, some I to... do actually. <laughs> I should do more of that. I love – it's funny too. Like I, this is what I like talking about. I always say like when people want to talk about food with me, like I love food. I'm very passionate about food. Obviously, okay. I have this whole Instagram. But I'm like if you're going to talk about food, eh, bring in a chef. Like they could get really granular with it where yeah. I'm just like – I could – talk about my passion about it but i think there's a different well I, I also love like you just like oh I, it's twice you know um i get paid double for it like i feel like sometimes especially with chefs like we're afraid to sort of like talk about that like we should be paid for certain things like there is in with chefs oh, as you know yeah. like yeah, if you do a post for someone, you should get paid. And I don't know why any audience, like, I'm over that now, but th- I had to go through that phase where, like, people were like, you sell out? <laughs> like, I actually eat this product. It's in my cupboard. And, yeah, it's a right. video or a picture of it. So, like, I don't know how I'm selling out. Like, Right. And I always tell people, too, I'm like, what people don't understand, what I explain to them, too, is, like, my when someone wants to work with me, I have a huge divide of I'm not selling an ad. I'm selling sponsored content. And it should always feel like my content, and but it should just be sponsored by someone. And I think like that's totally different than an ad, right? And I think yeah, where it comes from a place that's organic, it's seamless. And who cares if I made money or not? It's something I would have posted yeah. about. Um, you like just got to get the brands to be like, let me do what I do. Yeah, I mean, and it's a huge. That, fight. And that's the tough part. It's, right? it's hard. And honestly, like I, I, I've had to step away from too many deals because we just couldn't agree. This is like most things. I'd say. Half the people to email me, we don't even get beyond the initial email because I tell them what, my, what I think my idea would be to do this sponsor content. Right. And they're not on board. I'm like, well, that's it. I don't really care anything else beyond that. Like before we even get to money and all the specifics, if you're not on board with what I need to do to make this work, right. forget about it. There's been a few times now, big deals, unfortunately right. for me, where we agreed, contracts were signed, I shot everything, and we still couldn't agree on mm, what the content yeah. was. And I just said, no, like this is a, this is a one time deal. And yes, giving you back this money really sucks. But at the end of the day, like this is my whole life. Yeah. And if I'm going to 
sell out, quote unquote, which is fine. I'm going to do it the way I want to do yeah. it because like I need to go make more deals and I need to make Brunch Boys bigger and bigger and grow and grow and grow and like have this continue as long as I can. And if I give that all away for a couple thousand dollars once, right? that's stupid. Yeah, I kind of feel like that usually also, uh, it, it, it never makes sense because the stuff that is like very ad, addy, right? It, it's not in your voice. It's not in the person who's right, up which voice. is the whole point. It doesn't of get the tractions, the traction that, right. it, that you would get. That's why you wanted that influencer anyway. Yep. Um, and I just feel like it's, with larger brands, it's just someone in an office who's like feels like they have to make a comment sometimes because yep. that's their job to to you know say that the box should be pointed this way or this yep. is the catchphrase yeah, I, or I whatever. Think, I think huge issue that I found especially this year is when these things started four years ago. There's no thought. I, there's no world to this. I don't know. Someone told me to post something. I'm like, you're going to pay me? Wow. Okay. Right. Sure. Just said yes. And then and then we all discovered no. The power of this is making it your voice, making it your thing taking their key messaging and putting it to your content. So that's what I did for a few years. I thought it was pretty successful. Clearly it was successful for these brands because then what happened was their budgets skyrocketed because these, these companies, these bigger companies are like, whoa, like, mm. look what we can do. Unfortunately, when bigger budgets are not part of this, it goes from just the little social media team handling this to higher ups in these companies. Right. And their approach is still very old school of, no, we're buying this ad. Why didn't he do exactly what we told him to do? And, move the box exactly the way told them to right, and all right. that stuff. That's the biggest issue I found this, this year in particular is like, because they're spending so much more money, there's a lot more hands in it. Right. And they all want to have their ideas. And it was like, you're ruining what makes this whole right. thing work. This is why people look at this stuff. Right. They, exactly. They don't feel like they're watching a commercial. Yes. Do you feel like, are you worried or do you feel like there's a bubble in the future, the near future? No, only because of this. I think that one, it's still so cheap for brands. I mean, if you pay me for an ad, a the eyeballs I'm giving you compared to any other advertising is still super, super cheap. And you're and I'm producing all the content myself. So you're not even producing it. So like, my what I would say is like, where else are they going? Are they going to go buy a, a print ad, which they are? Which they, the amount of money they would spend just on the photo shoot to get those things, yeah. you could pay twenty influencers and reach. 10 million people exactly, <laughs> like exactly. i don't know where else they're going right so the targeted um, marketing is yeah i think it's to just going to get bigger and bigger as even tv shrinks and it's all sort of like becomes sort of one of the same anyway i've been more also like under like understanding in in certain moments with the brands too like hey i remember i did one uh, like magazine spread and like someone did my nails <laughs> and i was like this person that's amazing thank you for the hospitality and the tr- special no. treatment car brand but like this is like you know and, and i'm glad for the nail person who gets paid to do that but um it's it, you don't need it right right like, there's, <laughs> like i'd rather like get paid a little bit like I, we, we can figure this out i do this know? all myself every single day exactly unfortunately <laughs> uh, you didn't know this i've never actually done my nails ever like this is the first time in my life it's ever done so this is going to be great uh jeremy because you have the sports background we play a, a game near the back nine of the podcast you okay. down to have some fun okay. so this is going to be in the typical sort of sports talking head i'm looking for hot takes <laughs> sure okay. hot takes i will and what's your favorite classic brunch item while we're at it like the traditional I always say, nice hotel brunch. What it, what is your order? I, I I always say avocado toast. Okay, one because I would always eat that. But so two, California I, of you. Well, I think it's a great way to judge a restaurant because it's something that could just be so so simple. Mm. But if you go to a restaurant, you can tell that they take the time with that one dish. Then they're going to take the time with everything okay. else. I give that example about that and French fries too. 
And French fries, sure, fry, whatever. But if your French fries are really, really good and they're salted perfectly and they're yeah. fried, whatever, I'm like, nah, they're taking their time. French fries, they're taking their time with everything. And French fries are hard to produce from yeah. real potatoes and taking the time to do it. So yeah. mine would be the omelet, which I feel like is ah, the same thing. Same like idea. A, like yeah. omelet, Expert, like yeah. there's got to be technique and craft mm-hmm. into it. And that's why this game is called Omelette, You Finish. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'll present the hot take and then you give me your... Uh, You know, the rebuttal or the agreement to it. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Uh, The term food porn. I know this one might be personal to you. Food porn. That's what it is. That's what we're doing now. It's just all food porn. I produced a TV show called Food Porn, so I'm on board. (laughs) (laughs) That was the last show I worked on is Food Porn. Okay, there we go. So you're okay with the the term? Yeah, that I'm okay with. I hashtag food porn on every single post. You're okay with like your aunt or uncle now, you know, standing on top of a seat to get a a photo? Oh, you mean the idea of it? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's exciting. I always say that about restaurants too. I'm like, because I do consult with restaurants about social stuff, I tell them like, it's not even about me coming into restaurants and posting. It's literally every single person comes in here and posts on Instagram and like that's your marketing. Yeah. So like every like you need to think about that that everyone's in here taking photos. Yeah. I've done some talks with like actual kitchen teams in other restaurants where I've like, you know, the chefs are like, "We don't want our cooks with their phones out." I'm like, "If they're taking pictures of your food and the process, then you got yeah. 30 people in the kitchen, <laughs> you know, promoting the work. Mm-hmm. They're happy to be here." Let them bring the, 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 their phones out. Okay. Uh, this is more personal to me. Should I start a vlog and a YouTube account even though I'm obviously 30 years late to the game? Should I start a YouTube account? I've been, re- I've been trying to grow my YouTube, my YouTube really, really hard for at least almost two years now. It is difficult. Oh, okay. It's very wow. hard. And for you even. Yeah. It sucks to grow on YouTube. But – I'm very excited about YouTube because I think it's just a different audience and they expect different things and I can have more fun with it because it's a smaller audience where Instagram, I feel a lot of pressure of what I post. I'm like, no, everything needs to be like this, this one thing with YouTube. I'm like, whatever weird, even more weird idea I have. Right. Great. And I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if, if you, especially vlog stuff, if you are comfortable being on camera and it's easy for you to get that stuff, I mean, that's the biggest thing too, is like video is obviously harder to do than photos. Right. But if you feel like you could easily get cool stuff, yeah, of course, okay. go for so it. So kind of a wishy-washy I should do it. But it, you've, you, you're saying you have struggled. If you're struggling, I don't know. I mean, I've struggled to grow, but creatively I've enjoyed it. Okay, next one. The uh, Japanese egg salad sando, which mm-hmm. we've already discussed much mm-hmm. on this podcast. It is the hottest, trendiest, most delicious thing happening right now in the food world. Uh, I mean, I, I, obviously I love it. I don't know if it's the hottest and trendiest, only because like – I can name like three places that are doing it. Certainly, I mean, listen, Kobe was number one in Bon Apps Top 10. Okay. That makes it super trendy because that's into what's funny is when I went there, that was fantastic. It wasn't my favorite. Have you been there? No. It's really cute and really great, but their croissants are actually the best thing there. Okay. They are so good. Just like now, what, 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 is, and what is stopping from doing an egg salad sando with a croissant? Is that that would just ruin it, right? Now it's just egg a, egg, oh, you, oh, you mean a like sando with a, sando, a croissant? Like in, uh, I'm, oh, I'm, 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 hmm. I'm creating with you. We're collaborating. I mean, I would eat. That it. was a disapproving. Hmm. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I would eat it. Right. But I want the Japanese. What about have you? Can sando. we do? A, maybe I saw this on your page. I could be literally just stealing. Can you do a <laughs> Scotch egg? 
as the egg in the sando? Or are we going to like? Are Ooh. we trying to do too? I think it's too, too much. much now. I think the 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 See? simplicity of the sando is what makes. Okay, it so this amazing. is why you're great, though, right? Because honestly, <laughs> when I said that, I got real excited. I was like, "We're going to get a thousand I mean, more likes I, if I fry that egg." I would eat it, and people would enjoy that video, but. I think the beauty of what I appreciate about it. I love, I, I want to do more collaborations with you because I think <laughs> you're a sort of like comforting thing is I would eat it. <laughs> I would love eating it. But yes, I think there is a line sometimes. You're like, meh. Uh, the Wagyu Katsu Sando. Mm, yeah. Uh, is the egg salad Sando of 2019. No? The Wagyu Katsu. Right. I guess that's that almost is a bigger trend than the egg salad. It definitely is. That's definitely more, more places, right? Uh, than I've seen the egg salad because meat. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, just, I think like people are there's. I, it's very fifty fifty how people feel about egg salad. Right, that's true. People are like egg salad. I'm like, no, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to put it on a menu once, and that's and one of my partners said that they were like, egg salad. Why? Yeah. I was like, because it, and I, I could see this was years ago. Yeah. I knew what was coming. <laughs> I, I'm the, I'm the, I, you know, that's, that's why I'm the chef. Uh, what is the, what is the, what is it? You've had more of them than I have. It's, it's some sort of high grade Wagyu, obviously steak and, mm. and white bread again. Yep. And like a thin layer of sauce. Yeah, it should be. Like, there's like a little ketchup piece. Yeah. I of. think it's more about like getting the good meat. Like I've had, I've had a bunch and yeah, the difference is always like when that meat is just like so beautiful, like it doesn't need much and just melts. Right. And there, but there is like usually so like a little good. layer of some sort of like sauce right? yes, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, the trend of rainbow everything should continue deep into 2020 and beyond. Nope. Never want to see it again. Wow. Okay. You're done. Hell no. As long as there's if, sprinkles. I mean, sprinkles. Here's, the, here's, where, here's my divide with it. All right. I think if it's sweet, okay, great. Like who cares? Sweet, sweet rainbow stuff makes sense to me. Savory rainbow stuff makes no sense to me. Okay. I don't want a rainbow bagel. Right. I've never had one and I refuse to eat one. Right. No unicorn, like. No. Yeah, okay. That doesn't do it. But I'm not a sweets person also. If you're a sweets person, you want to eat rainbow cookies? Oh, a a rainbow cookie I love. Right. Give me that. But that's like, you know, it's a real thing. I'm with. I don't want a rainbow cookie, like exploding glitter out of it yeah if it wasn't naturally in the world of rainbows it shouldn't be turned into a rainbow <laughs> right right this could just be your jaded new yorker coming out of you uh we touched on it you're you're down with matcha mm-hmm. yeah your yeah. hot take on matcha is give me more of it yum, yeah yum. i could always go for like an iced matcha latte or something super i i, I guess i'm the, I'm, I'm rare i find it so polarizing you think it's too earthy yeah i mean it's just one of those weird flavors that i'm just like a little bit goes a long way mm-hmm. um and like matcha cardamom these are just a couple Mm. of weird flavors that i personally just have issues with okay hey what's up everyone as always a big thank you for listening to the show we'd like to ask you a small but very important favor if you got some time it'll only take a few minutes and if you're one of the first people to do it podcast one will make it worth your time literally we need you to complete a short survey because the information you give us can help make things better for the show and you as a listener just go to podcastone.com slash survey and everything will be right there for you that's podcastone.com slash survey the first 250 people who complete the survey will get a $10 gift card to amazon.com and two grand prize winners will be selected at random to get a $100 Amazon gift card. How about that, Jasmine? Free money. Love it. 
It's a win-win. Our shows are supported by advertisers, so filling this out will really help us cater to the needs of you as a listener. So please go to podcastone.com slash survey, answer some questions, and potentially make some money along the way. Thank you for being a dedicated listener. Thank you to all of our sponsors. And of course, though, thank you to you, our listeners. Uh, Social media uh, channels that are now like critics that are dropping ratings and reviews on places as a Mm. chef obviously i'm pretty fired up about this Mm. you know you're walking down the streets and you're giving a rating to every slice of pizza every bagel Uh, um (laughs) i my perspective on what i do is that i'm not a critic i go and i highlight things the same view i had as a food network producer which was, if we were on a food travel show, we're not going in to rip you. We are doing the research to find the best of the best. Or I'm doing research to find the best of the best. Right. And then I go in and highlight what makes you good. Right. People ask me all the time, like, oh, do you post something if you don't like it? I'm like, no, I, I just don't go. Like, I, I do a ton of research before I go places. And I say no or say I'll get back to you way more than I actually go to a restaurant. Um, I mean, listen, if you, want to be, if you want to critique stuff, that's... I'm not going to get mad at you about right. it. I don't think you should ever accept free food if you want to do that. I think that's horrible. If yeah. you want to be critical, then go inside and buy the food and leave. I think there are accounts that will go accept free meals and then say something bad. I'm like, that's not the trade. Right. You could pick which one. You could pick which lane you want, but then you have to pay for it and get that experience. If you right. Critique something. Um, but. Jeremy, you're going to get a lot of likes. You come down and you say, this is garbage. It's the worst pizza place in Queens. Are you going to get a likes? I find I that know. people, like, people I, on Instagram, Instagram specific, I think people really want to be positive. Yeah, you have haters and stuff and whatever. But I think for the most part, you're on there to feel good. Yeah. I love how you said that, like that, that each sort of platform has its own vibe, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. As we mentioned earlier with YouTube, I mean, I've, I've done you know, a few things on YouTube. And I actually love... The average YouTube comment commenter, you know, the commentator on YouTube uh-huh. is totally different than anywhere else across the world. Oh, yeah. They, they yes. all come down a little harder. They're way more intense. Yes, they yeah. are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've, I've read a lot of things about my own face on YouTube is basically Ooh, what I hosted a – Facebook's actually worse. I hosted a show for Thrillist, just a few episodes, where it was about uh, – I forget what – God, I'm so bad. I can't remember the name of my own show that I hosted. But the idea was like finding really – cool food in New York that's from other countries at the end of the day, like immigrants that came here and opens whatever. So we'd go to like a Dominican restaurants in Harlem and stuff. And listen, I am a six foot four white person from New York. There's no getting around. That. I don't hide that. Whatever. I lean into it, if anything. But so, okay, like maybe I can't pronounce things in the most correct way, right. but I'm also not trying to admit on who I am. I got shredded in the Facebook comments. Mm-hmm. Absolutely destroyed. Everyone's like, why are you reading them? I'm like, I don't know. What I would do is like, I wasn't getting into fights with people, but I would like their comment just so they knew. Because I think what happens is people write these things thinking that like no one reads it. Mm. I'm like, if you're going to take the time to say something really mean about me, yeah, you're going to know that I read it. And then think about that. Mm. Now think about it, that I actually read what you said about me. I love that. That's uh, I'm a, a Gary Vaynerchuk fan. That's a very yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk sort of thing as well. I do that. As, I also sometimes will retweet it. Oh, I put on my personal account. Yeah, the meanest like, stuff I put on my personal account for all yeah, my if friends. If it's really say. mean, then it's like you're kind of calling them out for like totally being over the line. But I think that is part. You know what? And I've actually um, made friends slash like I've actually won people over I think by retweeting something that they said that wasn't nice I think it totally yeah. changes the yeah, perspective I, my, the way I handle it is if if someone comments something really mean to me on Instagram and they don't follow me I 
just I say whatever I feel like saying back to them because I'm like, they don't follow me anyway. Who cares? Anyone else that reads a comment knows that I'm just being stupid to them. If they do follow me, I try and have a conversation about it. I think especially Mm. I don't post a lot of political things, but I certainly I have the respect of now of I have a platform and I'm very, very, very lucky to have a platform. And if all I ever did was post cheeseburgers and didn't take advantage of my platform in any other way, it's a real waste. So when I have something to say politically, I say something, and I'll get up. Obviously, like oh, I get a stay lot in your t- lane, Jeremy. Stay in your I get, lane. I get that. Stick to the food, Jeremy. I know. B- Stick to brunch. Oh, believe me, I heard enough <laughs> of that. But at least, like, if they follow me, I try and have a conversation with them. Like, I'll say something, and they'll say something really rude to me, and I'll just be like, "Well, uh, okay, like, well, let's talk this out for two seconds," and we go back and forth a few times. And it comes to the conclusion of, "Oh, maybe you're a little right. Maybe you're a little right." great you don't need to say these grand gestures of like being so mean to me there's a middle ground to everything so those conversations have actually been really nice where we we had a conversation a real conversation about things that listen i have an audience that's all over the world majority of them are in new york and 30 years old and kind what of percentage like are in new york i want to say like 40 percent maybe in new york oh. um but then it's spread out everywhere la is probably number two and then, you know, you get the bigger cities, London, I think now because I went to Japan, I have uh, like a good Tokyo presence. But really, I get messages from every country, India, a lot of people in, in India. Mm. And it's funny, too, because they're I don't really think they have a big brunch culture. So they I get tons of DMs being like, oh, we wish we had this in India. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, you just mentioned it. You mentioned L.A. So here's the hot take. Los Angeles is the new New York. Food? Uh, yeah, food. Well, food. I mean, or we'll just, stick with food. But all the all the new things are coming out of there. All the all the great chefs are moving there yes. or popping up in there. So, I, I say this as a native New Yorker who lives in Southern California. But <laughs> I always say this. Listen, I've never lived anywhere other than New York. I love New York. I go to LA a lot. I'm in LA probably every other month. Just somebody brings me out there. I love it out there, and the food scene is amazing. I do kind of think the food scene might be better in LA. I think it just one, at the moment, not historically. Moment, just yeah, to be I think clear. just one. LA is huge, so it's just a bigger whatever. You have, a, and it's just easier. It's easier to try different things in LA. Here, like, where in New York are you going to open where you could really come up with a cool concept that hasn't been tested yet? You can't because right. you just can't afford the rent. It's just impossible. Where LA, because you could still try something different and new or have a gigantic, beautiful restaurant, like, there's just so many more opportunities there. And then here, you see chefs going to LA and trying something. Right. Which is cool. And I think that that excites me. Except with fine dining. Still pound for pound, New York City. You, oh, like yeah. if you want to go into the fine dining yes. world. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm thinking show. more of like, I'm going to keep going back to Kobe. But again, like that was just a cool, it's a little Japanese cafe in, in Echo Park. Right. Like you can't do that here. And like they, they crushed it because they had the opportunity to open up and have the money to get all the food that they wanted and have this, the great staff they wanted. Like, right. you could do cool stuff. Yeah, and just it worked out some of the, even rent, even though it's expensive in LA too. There's yeah, of just course. a little bit it more just, opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, hot take. The word influencer should just be demolished and destroyed at this point. Like, people are coming into restaurants saying, I need this table. I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a social media influencer. I tell people this. I think that there's a huge difference between having a following on Instagram and being an influencer mm. and it doesn't always have to do with your followers you could have three hundred thousand followers but you're not an influencer i think if you have a voice and you are truly influencing people to do something you're an influencer but i think there are too many accounts that don't have that right. they just they could get likes but no one actually knows who they are or cares what they have to say this because i'm in the food world like i see a lot of that food stuff so 
there are all these like food porn accounts. Right. They just post food porn. There's no rhyme or reason to if the food's good or not. It's just this is cheesy. I'm going to post it. And they probably and when, more- when you say cheesy, you mean literally like ooey gooey. Oh yes, no, cheese. yes, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> right. um, and they probably do get more likes than me. But at the end of the day, what I say is more valuable, and that's why I get paid for what I do. Like that's why I've been able to succeed because there's always been a voice behind what I do. Um, even the other day, I went to there's a uh, bar up the street that just reads it the whole thing, and they uh, they had like a little influencer events to bring people in. So I you know, just popped in, got a drink, whatever, did a few stories and enjoyed it. It was great. The next day I got a, someone tagged me um, on Instagram being like, I'm here drinking this beer only because Brunch Boys is here yesterday. Right. I'm like, that's mm. the power. The yeah. Japan stuff too. Literally. So I, I was in Japan this spring. I shot, I there for 17 days. I probably shot like 20 videos, which is insane. Um, but since then, every single week, three to five people are tagging me in stories being like, we're here because brunch boys went here when he was in Japan. Like that's influencing people to make decisions. That's my job. And that's why my account's valuable. They didn't just like it. They remembered and they saved. And then he took in what I actually said about this to go there. Boom. Uh, I dropped the mic on this zebra carpet, but I'm not going to, (laughs) uh, the last one brunch boys, biggest rival in the Instagram game is salt Bay. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't say that. You know, you know, There's what, some emotion on your face. You, right? No, you know why? Because I was thinking about it. You know, I will say what I kind of don't like. We don't compete because there's – everyone's on different levels. Or right. whatever. I don't, I don't enjoy food god. Okay. I, you know what? I, I was not going to bring up food god, but I appreciate <laughs> you keeping it real on the podcast. Maybe because of the things you're talking about. Like the over the, there's a lot of sort of over-the-top stuff. And, it's just gross over-the-top. And it's someone that I know like – Okay, I'm sure he eats food, but I don't right. think he knows that much about food. And because he had all these millions of followers from something else, he, now, he's, now he's a food person. I'm like, that's not really fair. Right. <laughs> I think that means a lot, though, like going back to it. Like, you love food. You were, you were learning about this and enjoying it and experiencing it right. well before you Like, he saw this field and this jumped account. in. Yeah. And like, I, I always feel the, same. I feel the same way about, um, you know, I'm still out here trying to get these hosting gigs, trying to get these, these opportunities as well. And then some, you know, 80s sitcom star <laughs> pops on the scene and like <laughs> someone, you're just here because your manager was like, hey, you, I know you like, you like breakfast. Like you should yeah, just that, like. That you, certainly you... seems to be a, an entire direction for a network for, for a, a few years. For a while, it seemed like. <laughs> for it seemed like. It was a rough year or two or presently for me. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for hanging out with us. No, uh, end of the podcast. Last thing we do is called 86 you're familiar with the term Mm -hmm. what is one thing jeremy that you would like to 86 it could be serious or not it's certainly not going to be japanese egg salad sandos no man um Um, just in life it could be anything yeah what's on what's 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 on your what's on your mind today even like this cherry blossom tree. I'll take a picture of it. Is it real? I don't know. I was in Japan for cherry blossom season. Oh, wow. Um, by accident. Really because of global warming. Oh, look at that. See, there's a, <laughs> there's a romance to your trip, though. You know, like it is that one thing. Like, oh, the first time. Oh, you... my, my friends hate me now. They don't want me to fucking talk about it. Uh, Sorry. Okay. Am I yeah, not yeah, no, pers- Of course. No, it's good. Um, yeah, they're like, you stop talking about Japan. I'm like, just wait till you go. And I just had friends get back this week. Yeah. 
And after months of them making fun of me, like, we get it. We get it now. We're never going to stop talking about it either. Everyone, but everyone does that. (laughs) Like my mother-in-law is just getting back from a trip to Africa and she's going to be at, at, at our house when we pop over there. And like, I know that it's just going to be stories about rhinos and zebras in Africa for like the next three months. And I'm okay with it because it is a life experience, right? Yeah. All right. I've stalled for you enough. Sorry. I know. 80, I was trying to think too. 80, 86. Uh, 86, the heat. I am the worst person to be with when it's hot. Okay. Wow. I can't stand it. All right. Even yeah. though, even with your admiration uh, of LA. But here's the out, thing. Yeah. LA's, everyone's like, oh, in the winter, you must go to LA. I'm like, no, I go to LA in the summer because the New York heat in August is so oppressive. Yeah. I, the, in LA, like, no, maybe it's 85, but it's a dry 85. And then at night it's 50. It's great. It is. And you're yeah. in a your car anyway. You're not walking around. And, you know, and this is going to, everyone's going to now, as fall is approaching here, be upset when I say this, but in California, when it hits 69, we turn in the fireplaces. <laughs> the Pacific Ocean is a lot cooler than you think, everyone. Dude, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, let's do it again. If yeah, you need someone to hold a camera or hold a paella pan so you don't burn your hands, uh, let me know soon. Of course. Big fan, dude. Hey, do us a favor. Jump on over to iTunes and drop us a review and a subscription. Uh, Jeremy, this is the only five-star thing I've ever done uh, in my life. So keep it five stars, everyone. (laughs) Uh, Drop us a review. Tell us how much you love the episode. And until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Starving for Attention. Thanks to our sponsors for the episode, Boar's Head, Feels, Anilon Cookware, and Sportsnet.ag. And until next week, stay hungry. Stay hard.